This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What exactly is mood reading? That's what we're here to discuss. Hello and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Taya to kick off season four of the podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Taya, aka Taya's Turning Pages, both on YouTube and Instagram. Gwen, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I really appreciate it. and I'm so excited to be here. I wanted to quickly mention my Patreon. There are two tiers now new for 2023. The standard $5 tier and a $7 tier for anyone interested in extra fun events. I'm also reminding you to buy your very own Talk Bookish to Me baseball hat. They're available in black, navy, pink, and khaki. They feature the Talk Bookish to Me logo right from my podcast art. They're $30 in shipping batches, so be aware of extended processing and shipping time. Check the show notes to buy a hat and join Patreon. So as I said, we're over here chasing our five-star feelings, Taya. So what's the last book you gave five stars to? Oh my goodness. So the last book that I gave five stars to was Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. And oh my goodness, that book just means so much to me. Um, So it's technically a second chance romance, but it definitely skews more women's fiction. Um, So just a brief synopsis, it follows this couple who went through a devastating divorce due to just some tragic circumstances, and they just take time to heal, um, ultimately before they reunite. And it's just one of those mo- one of the most emotional books that I've ever read. Um, but it was just so moving and put so many different things into perspective for me when it comes to marriage, motherhood, love, and just so many other things. And did you get that from Book of the Month? Um, so no, I didn't. I actually pre-ordered it from this local slash like independent bookstore in Winston, North Carolina. I think it's called Books Are Magic or, oh, I know it's called Bookmarks. Sorry, it's called Bookmarks. And I ended up pre-ordering it because Kennedy Ryan was actually going into that bookstore to sign different copies. And I wanted one that was signed and like personalized. Yes, that's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I know that's one that you were like racing to finish before the end of the year, like before I do my favorite. Yes, yes. I gotta get this one in. (laughs) You're like, I already know. (laughs) (laughs) I already knew it was going to be a five star. And sure enough, it was so. Yeah, it's like no surprise there. (laughs) I love that for you. So next question, what has book has been on your TBR the longest? And why haven't you read it yet? Oh my goodness. I have so many books that have been on my TBR for I feel like years at this point. But (laughs) honestly, I can't just nail down one. So I'll just say an author, Riley Sager. I don't know why I'm so hesitant and procrastinating on picking up the rest of his books. I actually read Survive the Night, I want to say maybe oh my goodness, a year or two ago. And I was one of the few that actually enjoyed Survive the Night. I did not like the ending. Let me just preface and say that. I did not like the ending. But overall, I had a fun time reading the book. But for some reason, I've just been procrastinating on picking up more of his work. Um, I'm hoping to do that more in 2023, um, especially because I know he has a new release coming out this year. But I would say that that's the author that I'm like still procrastinating on. (laughs) 
Well, that's okay because I think I'm procrastinating on your favorite (laughs) author. So let's go ahead and get into this. Who is your favorite author or what's your favorite book? So I cannot choose my favorite book. That is just so difficult. So in terms of my favorite author, though, that's another hard question. But I feel like it's really no surprise here just because I keep gushing about her on my channel as well as my bookstagram account. But Kennedy Ryan, um, I discovered her back in 2022 during the springtime when I read one of her more popular series. Um, She wrote the Hoop series, which is a basketball sports romance. And Oh my goodness, it was just so hard hitting. Like both of the books that I read in the series, both Long Shot and Block Shot, um, those are the first and the second book. There is a third book called Hook Shot. I haven't read that yet, but I do plan on getting to it soon. Um, but overall, just the Hoop series is very emotional, very hard hitting, and just beautiful love stories are wrapped up into all of those books, similar to Before I Let Go. So I am a huge like emotional reader. I love books that give me a good cry. So that's why I really gravitate towards Kennedy Ryan's books. So you're not the first person to name Kennedy Ryan as your favorite author here on my podcast. <laughs> Love that. And I just, <laughs> I just need to stop slacking and make her books a priority. Yes, they're so good, Gwen. And like the characters are just so compelling. And like I said, if you're really like in the market for a good cry and just like really getting sunk in into um, a story, then I definitely recommend picking up her books. I've heard that her plots are really good and her characters are really good. So that's what I need. I mean, I prefer plots, but I don't mind if it's a well-balanced. And I heard that she's a really well-balanced romance author. Um, And I have the first one in the Hoop series. What was it? Long Shot. I have that on my TBR. I literally bought it like... Over a year ago. It's definitely one of those books that has a lot of triggers. So definitely make sure you, you know, take your time with reading that. Totally get it. But it's just one of those stories that like has still stuck with me ever since I read it. Yeah. And you also got the special editions of the book. Yes. Yes. I ordered those right away. I ordered those right from her website. If you couldn't tell, like I said, I'm the biggest fan, it feels like. (laughs) But her books are just so, so compelling, like I said. And I get attached to characters a lot. Like I'm a huge character driven reader. So her books are just like, they're just everything to me. I love that. I'm so excited. (laughs) Every time I talk about her, I'm like, this sounds like something I'm going to love. So I just need to stop slacking and Mm -hmm. get on it. Yes. (laughs) Um, So it's a brand new reading year. And I know some readers go hard in January. Are you that person? Or are you the type to take a slower approach? So I was definitely that person last year because I was still trying to figure out my reading taste as well as what content I wanted to put out. Um, I actually got back into reading in the summer of 2021. So very awkward, I feel like, time to get back into it because it was in the middle of the year and so I was playing catch up. And so I was just really trying my hardest to like figure out exactly, like I said, what I liked, what I didn't. And so I was definitely an overachiever when I got to January of 2022 and definitely a bit off more than I could chew with my TBR. But this year, I'm definitely taking a step back and kind of reeling it in a bit and really trying to be more strategic I feel like with my reading plans and my TBR just because I have just so many books on my TBR like all of us and I have so many books on my shelves in particular that I own that I still haven't gotten to and I need to do that like genuinely speaking I need to go back into a a lot of different authors catalogs backlists and all of that so this year I am like taking it a little bit slower in January but at the same time I know as I get further along in the year I'm gonna have to ramp it up a bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get that. So how do you select which book is going to be the first book you read in a new year? Um, so unless I'm prioritizing books for like content purposes, then I usually just pick up whatever I'm in the mood for and then go from there. 
Yeah, I find that people are like, how am I supposed to choose? And I'm just like, go with your gut. Like, I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) But one thing that I have done, and I've done it for like, I want to say the last five years, and it's been very successful for me, is I reread a favorite. That way... I'm guaranteed a good time. And then I can just like anything after that, it doesn't matter. You know, I've started the year good and I can just do whatever after that. That's such a good idea. And I saw, I actually just watched your January TBR video today and I saw that you kicked it off. You kicked off the TBR with a reread and I was like, that's so smart. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just been the key to success, honestly, because I feel like it can, you can get a lot of pressure where do I start? Especially if you read multiple genres like we do. Um, and I just can't imagine like, do you start with fantasy? Do you start with romance? Do you start with thriller? Do you start with, you know, whatever? It just gets overwhelming. So I'm like, let me just pick a past fave. Like, you know, and then of course I'm like, well, which past fave? Cause I have, right. a lot. <laughs> right. but I try to change it up. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So let's talk about our current reads. I'm currently reading the arrangement by Robin Harding. And this is only my second book that I've read by her. It's a thriller about Natalie, a young art student in New York City who is struggling to pay her bills when a friend makes a suggestion. Why not go online and find a sugar daddy, a wealthy older man who will pay for her dates and even give her a monthly allowance? It's basically a pretty woman tale that turns toxic and deadly, and I am loving it. That sounds so interesting. Now you just made me add another book to my TBR book. Thank you. So what are you reading right now? (laughs) So I'm actually in the middle of three different books because I always choose chaos. Um, (laughs) So I am currently reading All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers, Crime Junkies Nation Rise Up. I am obsessed with that podcast. (laughs) So I'm reading that right now as well as Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Um, I'm doing a reading vlog for this and I actually never read Twilight in all of its years that it's existed. So I'm finally getting around to reading it and seeing what all the hype has been about and I have to admit, I'm enjoying it so far. <laughs> and then, I saw you posting about that on um, Bookstagram. Yes. And you're like, not me over here actually enjoying myself. I'm enjoying it. I literally, once we um, are finished talking here, I'm going to go right back to it and finish it because I have like 100 pages left. It is so entertaining. Um, so that's the second book that I'm reading. And then the final book that I'm reading that I'm kind of just going with the flow and taking it out, I'm dragging it out through the year, is Babel by R.F. Kuang. Um, and this is a book that I have never imagined myself reading, especially this genre. I'm not really a fantasy girly, so the fact that I am actually reading this book and enjoying it speaks volumes. But yeah. And it's a thick one. Book. Yes. Very, very chunky book. <laughs> so I love how you're like, I'm just going to take my time with it. I'm not yes. stressing myself out. No, I'm just gonna... not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, <laughs> so now let's discuss mood reading. Maybe you've heard someone say that and you knew exactly what they meant, or maybe you were too embarrassed to ask what in the world they meant. Um, today, Tay and I are here to explain what exactly is mood reading. I guess I should ask before we get started, do you consider yourself a mood reader? Yes, through and through. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely a mood reader, but I tend to stay in certain genre moods for a bit. I also consider myself a seasonal reader, um, meaning I like to read spooky things around Halloween and Christmas stories in December. Um, If I'm in the mood for romance, I'll probably read like maybe three to five romance books before I'm like, okay, I need to move on from that. I do try to pick out books and schedule them into my reading plans from time to time. But it's rare when I do that and it's rare when it works because I'm a mood reader. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like you stand up in that circle. It's like you need an anonymous group for mood readers. Like, yes, I'm that mood reader. Um, so a mood reader is a person who reads according to their mood. Um, sounds kind of obvious. This means that a reader's feelings and emotions dictate what they read. If they're feeling happy, they choose a book or a genre that will tie in with that feeling. If they're feeling like upset or angry, they may go for a heart-richy period drama or a dystopian thriller. You like romances that give you a good cry. Um, these books serve to expand an emotion or to comfort the reader. Either way, a mood reader selects and reads books based on how they're feeling at any given moment. This could mean reading different genres or even different tropes in the same genre. For example, it could mean I want to read a sci-fi one day and the next I want to read something humorous. Or it could mean that I'm in the mood for a romance, but I don't necessarily want an enemies to lover story. Rather, I'm feeling like a cute childhood friends to lover story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Gwen. That's exactly how I would define mood reading, for sure. Um, hopefully no one rolls their eyes at this as they listen. But I am into astrology to a certain extent. And I definitely identify with and align with my cancer traits. So meaning I'm very in tune with my emotions and my moods and I always embrace them. So my moods do dictate what I'm reading um, most of the time, as well as the season. But I will say that if I am desperately craving a summer book, which is my favorite season, then I will pick up a beachy book. Um, a beachy type of book in the dead of winter with no hesitation but sometimes I do care about the ambiance and the atmosphere and I will save certain books for the appropriate seasons I guess if you want to say that um like for example I cannot read a Halloween a Halloween themed book in June I just can't do it as with almost anything in life there are pros and cons of mood reading Let's share some of those. So the first one is you may have many unfinished books and a sporadic reading schedule. Yes, yes, 100% yes. I don't know how it happened, but I have so many unfinished series that I need to get back to and get through. I used to be the type of person where I had to finish books in a series like back to back to back, but because of release dates being pushed back and just so many other things, and then of course just being not being in the mood to maybe read that series or that book, I've decided to put some on the back burner and just haven't returned to them. Um, so that's definitely another goal of mine this year is to just finish out a lot of the series that I started in 2020. Um, and then as you guys have heard um, me talk about earlier, I do have a tendency to read multiple books at once, just because I love romance, thrillers and nonfiction. So a lot of the times I do need to break up my reading and it's chaotic, like I mentioned, but it usually works for me. You're the chaotic reader. Yes, very chaotic. <laughs> um, so I don't have many like unfinished books because I'm very okay with not finishing or DNFing. And I choose to either make it a permanent DNF or a soft DNF. Um, if I think it's my mood or if it's the book that I'm not vibing with, I can kind of tell, you know, I've been doing this for a while now. So I've kind of got it down like it's a mood thing or it's a book thing. Um, one of my most notable soft DNFs was Beach Read by Emily Henry. The first time I picked that up, I definitely was not in the mood for it. And it was just the story. I just but I hung on to it because I knew I was like, I think I'm going to like this. It's just a mood thing. So I hung on to it, read it later on, absolutely loved it. Um, but you make a really good point about series because five years ago, I used to be a series reader and I slowly have moved away <laughs> from those sorts of books. And now I think I know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> not only am I a mood reader, but I also fear 
failure. Like shout out to all my type six listeners out there. So I figured if I don't read them, I can't fail at not finishing them. Um, Some of the series that I still have unfinished are the Bromance Book Club series by Lissa K. Adams. There's five books. I've only read the first three. The Bone Season series by Samantha Shannon. I've read the first two books. There's four published at the moment. And I think there's going to be seven books in total. And I'm just like, ooh. And then also the Wayward Children series by Shauna McGuire. For a few years, I was so proud of myself. I was keeping up with it. I have read books one through five, but I still need to catch up on six and seven. And book eight released on January 10th. So I'm like, So, and then as far as like sporadic reading, absolutely, that's me. Um, Sometimes I'll bang out a book in a day and other days, like even if I'm enjoying the book, I'll drag it out over several days. It's just a mood thing. Yes. You and I are on the same page here because that's exactly how I feel, especially with the sporadic reading. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just cannot be consistent with like, let me try to finish this book like today or finish this book tomorrow. It's always like one or the other, like you said. Yeah. So another pro slash con, depending how you look at it, you have a huge TBR list that you haven't really touched. And I think we've already talked about this a little bit, but we're about to expose ourselves at all. Yes. Guilty as charged. As an avid reader, I think that'll just always be the case with us. I know there are some great challenges out there where you can try to get your TBR to zero. So for example, I'm thinking of Jacqueline, aka Jackie on booktube. I always look to her TBRs where she's like trying to just get her TBR down to zero. And I just think that's such a great concept, but I just can't do it. Unfortunately, it's just something in me that like won't allow my to do that at least not right now Um, and there are just so many great books out there that I feel like are always being recommended by just so many different reviewers and creators that I just keep coming across and then I have to include them in my reading plans I know I'm feeling called out honestly Um, I tend to buy my books rather than borrow them or read them electronically and I own around 175 that I haven't read Um, So that could be a small TBR to some, large TBR to others, but that's about what I'm working with right now. And like I said before, I'm also a seasonal reader, October spooky books, December holiday books, and so on. So if I don't have something to fit the vibe during those times, I will abandon everything else on my shelves. Like I could have 500 books. It doesn't matter. If I don't have something I'm in the mood for, or like a season or a holiday, I just leave those books there. I'm like, they're still going to be there. Let me go buy something new. Um, And I also become like super excited about whatever books I've recently bought. And then if I don't get to them right away onto the shelf they go to to collect dust. Next pro con, you've experienced reader burnout and can't follow through on reading challenges. Oof, yes. So I will say in the beginning of like starting my channel and my bookstagram, I tried to participate in way too many different reading challenges, but I quickly realized that I had to reel it in because I just couldn't manage all of them with my job and then other hobbies that I'm interested in. So now I'm very selective of what I choose to participate in, but I always at least try to participate in Black the Blackathon Readathon hosted by Jesse from Bowties and Books and as well as other booktubers. And then now um, the Haley Ween readathon and that's hosted by Haley Hughes and so I feel like those two are bearable for me given my schedule just because they're month-long readathons versus week-long readathons or 24-hour readathons. I want to participate in those so badly but right now I just can't do it. I'd say it's pretty rare for me to fall into like 
a, you know, quote unquote, reading slump or get burnt out like on my own. But during readathons, I definitely start off super strong, you know, me, the go getter, I'm going to do all the things. And then I just sort of fade out towards the end. <laughs> and then after the readathon is over, I feel like completely wiped out. I'm like, I don't want to read at all. So I end up binging Netflix for a week. And then I'm like, I just wasted a week of reading. So I definitely have times that that happens. You can't really stay committed to a book club. Oh, another one that I'm guilty of. So I, so I did join a local like in-person book club a while ago, but I ultimately decided to leave it just because there were just some books that I personally couldn't get into and like read, but also just time restraints, like I mentioned earlier. Um, similar to you, Gwen, I have no problem DNFing a book. I really don't. And I found myself wanting to do that quite a bit when I was coming across a lot of these book club picks, which just makes it sound so bad. But like, I just feel like, you know, there's just so many good books out there that I want to read and that I'm really interested in and that I want to get to that I just don't feel like it's fair for me to like try to power through a book that I just know I'm not going to like, especially when someone else loved it and they spent their time picking it out. So that's why I decided to just kind of like take a step back from the book club. Um, I'm hoping that one day I can rejoin, especially as my reading um, taste evolve over time. I'm hoping that I'll be a little bit more open minded to just different genres and different tropes. Um, but for right now, I'm really just prioritizing what I want to read. And so but I'm not opposed to tapping into like virtual book clubs, if I'm already planning on reading the selected book for the month. So yes and no for me, I love the flexibility of the book clubs I participate in because they're virtual ones. They're not in person. I've never been in an in-person book club, but that's something I was toying with the idea of. I think many book clubs are more flexible now than they were, say, 10 years ago. It was like a monthly thing. You had to read the book, you know, that sort of thing. But I feel like people are like, oh, you can come and go as you want. Like, we really don't care. Um, and But what I like about these virtual ones, like on BookTube and stuff like that, is it's not a requirement that I read every single book every single month. And there's just no way I could keep up with that because I'm like you, I want to be reading the books on my shelf. And while I am okay with, you know, going out of my comfort zone and stuff, I still want to stick to my genres. You know what I'm saying? So, and honestly, most times I have the best intentions, but I still fail. And I like that phrasing that you can like tap in and do what you want to do because that's exactly what works for me too. So now let's do some recommendations. I mean, why not, you know? Um, is there any particular mood that you often find yourself in? So I actually alternate between being really into romance and then being really into th thrillers and then a little bit of horror. So it's really no in between for me usually, but right now I'm really looking to get into dark romance for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I have stumbled upon the dark romance community on booktube. And so I've been checking out a lot of new to me booktubers who are really into that genre. So Sam Reads a Little, Oh Hey McKay, Princess of Paperback, etc. Um, but for some of my like romance wrecks, I will say that the first one that I will recommend when it comes to the dark romance genre is Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. I think that this is a great segue into the dark romance genre, especially because it's a mafia romance, which I feel like 
is a little bit more tame when it comes to that like subgenre of romance um, in comparison to just other things going on. Um, and it's also a true enemies to lovers story. So if you are interested in enemies to lovers, I definitely think that this is a book you should check out. Another recommendation that I have is just anything by Kennedy Ryan. Of course, I'm going to plug her again. I'm not going to spend too much time, you know, really going into it again. But if you love emotional epic love stories that mirror real life, then I definitely think you should check out her books. Just make sure you look up trigger warnings. And then another recommendation that I have here is if you're looking to get into historical romances, then I definitely recommend Beverly Jenkins. I talk about her so much, I feel like, on my channel and on my bookstagram, but I just think that historical romance is just one of those genres that still has a long way to go when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And so I have, be, I have become really obsessed with Beverly Jenkins' books, and they've become comfort reads for me at this point. Um, I just feel like she has a real talent for like seamlessly including actual Black history in her books. And so that way you're not just only reading about an amazing love story, but you're also learning things here and there too um, that you might have never learned before or known before. I thought about the ways that I pick what I read as a mood reader, and I found that it comes down to like these six categories. I thought about this hard, y'all. It's like hype, recommendations, covers, genre, and tropes. Um, if I'm constantly seeing my friends talk about a book, like seeing it on Bookstagram, across YouTube and TikTok, like if it's popping up everywhere, I basically want to read it. And, and chances are it's high up on my TBR, especially if it's coming from like people that read similar to me. Um, so some examples of this and recommendations I have is The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, which is a romance about a ghost writer. And she's haunted by the spirit of her newly departed editor. Um, Love Light Farms by BK Borison was one that was popping up all over December. Like it, I think people are still trying to read this series, but they just kept talking about it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. It's a romantic comedy um, set on this like Christmas tree farm. And I just thought it was the best. And then also a thriller that was popping up over the summer a lot was The Island by Adrian McKenty. All of these were ones that I just saw everybody talking about. And I was like, I need to get on that bandwagon right away. <laughs> um, I will say in terms of thrillers and horror, I'm really into reading ones that are atmospheric, fast paced, and or have social commentary of some sort. But I also love reading ones that are campy and theatrical and over the top too. I have that balance. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say the first one that I would love to recommend here is The Hacienda by Isabel Canayas. Um, I saw that book made its way onto a lot of people's favorite books of 2022 list, which makes my heart so happy because it was just so atmospheric. And it really solidified my love for gothic literature and gothic horror in particular. Um, and the social commentary um, in the book was great as well. And then in terms of like campy and fast paced, I would definitely recommend The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. So that actually came out not too long ago. I think it came out maybe in the later half of 2022. Um, and I read it, I feel like as soon as it came out and it was just so good. It was phenomenal. Um, and then the last book that I would recommend here is just One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose. I actually just finished that book not too long ago and it was campy, fast paced, but there was also commentary on motherhood, which I was not expecting, but I really did enjoy reading that part um, of the book. And it's definitely inspired by Real Housewives with the drama and theatrics. So if you're a Real Housewives fan, I definitely recommend looking into One of Us is Dead. So I'm a sucker for books with water on the cover. I think it has to do with my love of summer and the beach and living by the beach. So if it has water on the cover, I'm pretty much going to pick it up and at least read the synopsis. You know what I'm saying? So the first one recommendation that I have for you is The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. This is a literary fiction novel. Um, 
it has like two parts to the story, but it's also very, very short and you can get through it very, very quickly. But it has a lot to do with memory loss. There's this like 80 year old Japanese American woman named Alice and it is very emotional. So like I would, you know, look up content warnings for this one. Um, while they're not like dark content warnings, they are like mental health, health related um, content warnings on this one. It just, it hit me like in my heart so deep because I'm dealing with a family member that has these sorts of things and I was just like sobbing <laughs> so um another one is they all fall down by Rachel Housel Hall um this one was kind of like an and then there were none retelling of sorts and it just has the beautiful water on the cover um the perfect guest by Emma Rouse which I haven't heard anybody talk about this book in my little circle, at least. I mean, I'm like, who's talking about this? Because it was so interesting. It's like this murder mystery game at a sprawling country manor. And just, it's got this like greenish kind of water on the front. And it's just so mesmerizing. So let me know what type of reader you are on today's Instagram post. How often and when do you read? How many books do you typically read each year? These are all hints to discovering which type of reader you are. Subscribe to Talk Bookish to me and stick around because I will be exploring the different types of readers in future episodes. Thank you so much for joining me today, Taya. Of course. Thanks so much for having me, Gwen. I always appreciate the opportunities to join you on your platforms and just talk all things bookish. And thanks so much to anyone who's listening right now. I really hope we all have a successful reading year. That's so sweet. <laughs> Talk Focus to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Be sure to tag at Talk Bookish Podcast and at Lavender Mud in your listening selfies and stories on Instagram. The link for Patreon is in the show notes along with Taya's social media. Until next time, happy reading.